Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Liturgical worship forms us by our participation in it over time. This process of formation can be undermined by too much focus on what we think about it or feel about it. People will say things like, I didn't feel anything, or I didn't get anything out of it. Or, on the other extreme, we'll say, oh, this is a, I really felt something. And give the liturgy a positive assessment as a result. The measure of our spiritual growth and maturity is not our tastes and opinions, but how we respond to things. If I am cranky about music or a sermon, how do I respond to that? Do I grow, try to appreciate new things that I don't fully understand? Am I happy that someone else who likes that or, or was ministered to by that uh, was made happy that day? Or does my subjective opinion simply make me a grumble? Good feelings also present a kind of spiritual danger. The euphoria cannot be sustained over time. We come, we come if we depend upon good feelings, to depend upon them and then become all the grumpier when things that make us feel good are present. The lesson of crankiness in liturgy and in life is to learn to be more patient and virtuous and to learn to think about others, not only ourselves. The lesson of good feelings is to learn to give thanks to God for them and also to learn not to depend upon them, knowing that they will come and go over the natural course of our life. We revisit certain epistles and gospels every year in the liturgy on Giving Sundays. Each year is an opportunity in liturgy to hear them in new ways. And these lessons are embedded in a tapestry of chants and choral music and hymns that draw out the meaning of these things. I've been at this for about 35 years now, and I'm amazed how every year I recognize some new thing, some new aspect to the lesson, the season, the, 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 the liturgy that pertains to that day. We should be grateful that we have more than requirement who puts great attention on choosing texts and tunes that connect to the season and help draw out this meaning every Sunday. We will become better worshipers if we change our question from how do I feel about this to what is this saying? In the liturgy, there are a rich array of things that can speak to us in various ways. But of course, we must attend to them. We must look for them if we are to receive the benefit. This is why the consumer culture we live in is such a bad training ground for worship. It teaches us to be shoppers rather than God-seekers. 
and teaches us a very limiting reliance on comfort, feelings, and pleasure. Spiritual formation takes place through what we habitually do over long periods of time. Our actions form our feelings. When we do the right thing as an act of the will, we learn to feel the right way. The root of human disorder is letting our feelings lead us into wrong action. Liturgy means literally the work of the people. As we do this work, week in and week out, year in and year out, we should pay attention to the larger eternal themes that are constantly presented to us and focus on responding to them in the right way. This is how we learn to be worshipers of God and not merely religious consumers. One theme that appears at this time of year in the liturgy every year is the theme of exile and return from exile. In our morning prayer lectionary, we read through the history of the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis back in Septuagesima, and coming this time of year to the Babylonian captivity of Israel. God made a covenant with Israel and gave the people of Israel the promised land. When the people of Israel were unfaithful to that covenant, God kicked them out of the land sent them into exile in Babylon, which is essentially modern Iraq. The exile to Babylon reversed the biblical history. God called Abraham out of Babylon, then called Ur of the Chaldees. He led Abraham to the promised land and promised to give that land to his children, his descendants. Some 1,400 years later, his unfaithful descendants were kicked out of the land and sent back to the very place from which God called Abraham in the first place. Exile is a biblical thing. Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden. King David was exiled from his kingship. Sin separates us from God. And geographic distance from land, garden, and temple represents the spiritual distance between God and fallen humanity. We can see the theme of exile in our lessons today, in the gospel. The bleeding woman was unclean according to the teachings of the Torah. And in this state, she was exiled from the community and from her connection to God that came through that. The daughter of the synagogue ruler was exiled by death to her family. The healing and the resurrection were both a means of return from exile back into fellowship in the community and connection with God. God promises a way of return from our the blessed state of the people of God that is described at the end of the Bible in the Revelation of St. John bears a marked resemblance to the 
Garden of Eden, from which the first humans were expelled in Genesis. God's exiled people are restored to his presence and are able to eat the fruit of the tree of life, which heals the wounds of their sin. When Israel was led into captivity in Babylon, God promised to bring his people back. This is the theme of the introit, which is the choir chant that happens at the beginning of the liturgy each Sunday. But it's a theme of a particular introit that is chanted in the closing weeks of Trinity. It's repeated more depending on how long Trinity lasts. In the words of Jeremiah the prophet, quote, Thus saith the Lord, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace, and not of affliction. You shall call upon me, and I will hearken unto you, and bring again your captivity from every nation. This is a central theme of the life of prayer. The world, the flesh, and the devil draw us away from God. As we give in to temptation, we experience distance from God. God calls us back to through prayer. He restores us to communion through confession and the experience of forgiveness and grace. In daily life, we drift away from God's presence, but each week we return to God at His altar, and we eat again the fruit of the tree of life, and the wounds of our sin are healed. This is a seasonal time. After the exuberant spiritual seasons of Easter through Pentecost, we enter the long green season of Trinity in which there is an invariable spiritual drift, an invariable malaise, an invariable falling in to bad habits. And as we come to the end of the season, God calls us back. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of affliction. You shall call upon me, and I will hearken unto you and bring again your captivity out of every nation. Today is the last number of the Sunday after Trinity. Next week is the Sunday next before Advent, and then comes the Advent season, where we begin to prepare for the coming of Christ both at Christmas and at the end of time. Now in the church calendar is a time to get ready to get ready for the coming of Christ. The theme of exile and return is a good category to focus on in our preparation. How have we drifted away from God's presence? What sins have you committed? What relationships healing and restoration. What bad habits we fall into that need to be replaced by new faithful disciplines. God calls you back in your exile. God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of affliction. Call upon him and he will hearken unto you. He will bring you back into his presence. He will save you from your 
sin in your captivity to long patterns of thought and behavior. He will restore your relationship and feed you with the bread of life. And if the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Thank <laughs> you.